So that's the danger of, yes, he's capable. You're capable of doing this, but is it something safe? Is it something that you just predictable, it's comfortable? Or is that actually your passion? So I, I think about that, and I think it's a scary thing to be, to not know what you're passionate about. Taking movies, decoding their message, and applying them for personal growth. This is Decrypted Films Podcast. And now your host, speaker communicator, Jag DeWar. Today's movie is Coco. This one actually caught me by surprise because I heard a lot of people tell me about this movie. I didn't want to see it because I wasn't interested. And then I saw it and it was amazing. What did you guys think about the movie? I thought it was great. I don't remember how I ran into it. I think maybe when I was in school, the kids were talking about it, dressing up as Coco for whatever event we had. And I guess I saw it so many times after that. I can't remember the first time. Mm. Yeah, I remember, I think it was Carla who first really pressed a good friend of ours, really, really pressed like, no, you have to go see it. You have to go see it. You have to watch the movie. It's so good. And I'm like, ah, okay, well, if it's about a culture that she grew up in and she's not offended by it, that's, that's, you know, pretty good, pretty good look. So I I immediately fell in love with it. Yeah, the movie is awesome. And um, I just I just love how they crafted the story. It was just it was just awesome. Today, as you can hear, uh, we don't have Max, but we have a special, special guest, my lovely wife, Tigress, who you heard. And as always, we have my brother, Billy, Mark Sardou. And I just want to remind you guys, there's a lot of spoilers. Although at this point, you definitely should have seen the movie. Coco is just a classic, classic Disney movie. Uh, Yeah, this is Pixar, actually, too. All right. So we want to get into it. We do this podcast so that we can look at movies and grab things, decode it so that we could use things for personal growth. And so we want to jump right into different things that stood out to us so that we can be able to use it for ourselves for personal growth. So I'm going to give it to you, Billy. What did you see in this movie that stood out to you so that you can apply it to your life? Well, one of the first things that stood out was the very first line of the movie. I think it was the very first line. Like it says, sometimes I think I'm cursed because of something that happened before I was even born. Mm, I remember that part. Like that's the very first line of the movie. I'm like, all right, we're getting deep already. (laughs) Can we like get some introduction or whatever? But um, the reason that I thought that line was significant, like if we're in a pursuit of, you know, reaching our goals and trying to go after things, um, some people, they assume that they need to not need to, but they feel that they should, I guess, live that mediocre life of the patterns of their, that their families left behind Mm, just because they're in a certain situation or a certain, um, I guess, how can I say, a class of how much money you make and things like that and what you can achieve. Yeah. Um, Some people base it off of their families before them or where they where they grew up as. So um, I think that's something that we need to break out of. Um, Our situations doesn't mean that we need to stay there. We can always, you know, increase. Yeah, I I like that point because. 
it's a lot of people use their past to define a lot, even even if it's something good or something negative. And so for him to feel cursed, I feel like he he already took on a negative aspect of it, which was pretty negative as far as limiting what he is able to do. But I, I thought that was a good point as far as your past being what can define you. You have anything on that about the curse? About the curse, but also just the overall the overall feeling behind that. So here's this kid, and he's passionate about something that has literally been banned from his family. Mm, yeah. He's passionate about music, and they see music as the very thing that kind of broke their family, when really it didn't break them. It set a different foundation. Yeah, exactly. So perspective is totally key in that. And the other thing about that that really kind of catches my heart is to be intentional about not passing down pain. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Because that's exactly what this family did. They took something that was a painful memory. And because of that, they passed down the brokenness mm -hmm. rather than the strength that was drawn. Um, he didn't know. He didn't understand why his family hated music so much. But because one person saw it as pain and she was the one who was the cornerstone of the family everyone else had to fall into submission to her pain mm -hmm. and that's a really really dangerous way to live see with that being dangerous my first thought is how many things are being passed down through because it's a way of thinking basically mm -hmm. like we were you were talking about before it's perspectives being passed down and the fact that the perspective was we don't like music we we don't indulge in music we don't have anything music period that's being passed down and that kind of controls everyone's perspective their grid their life what like what are examples of things that can be passed down mentally that kind of hinder a person's growth because i'm thinking man if this is dangerous in something like this movie what are the things that we're holding on to that are that's stunting our growth and the things i i could think about i'll probably talk personally uh back to what you were saying um billy about just where you come from i thought like like where you come from, the way a picture was painted of like setting yourself up for success. I thought you had to come from a certain background. You had to have a certain family dynamic. You had to have certain grades, like grades wasn't my thing. And I thought I'm already defeated as is. Let me see why I could get out of it anyway. But my mindset was that, oh, man, I'm not as smart as or whatever. But I saw that as a curse that I placed on myself because society or media or anything, movies probably painted a picture for me saying that this is the key to being able to do what you want. You guys have any examples of something that would hinder a person's personal growth that we need to kind of watch out for? Um, I mean, basically, the concept of this whole podcast of, you know, chasing after your dreams and things like that. Um, you might not see your parents chasing after something out of the usual, so you won't. Mm. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people find themselves, you know, not doing because they play the cards that they're dealt with. Um, and I don't know if you guys play poker. I mean, you can have different hands with, you know, 
different type of cards you may not have like a flush but you may have a straight you know what i mean mm-hmm. like uh you might be looking for one thing like i'm in this situation and this is what it is and that's how it's got to be because that's how my family was before me yeah that's key that is key old ways of thinking um man a lot of stuff stood out to me i wanted to jump into a next one uh that stood out and one of the key ones is where he was chasing the blessing you guys remember that part Mm-hmm. Well, um, one part that I, I loved about it or the whole concept of him trying to get a blessing and obviously the he getting it from Mama. What was the, the lady's name? Mama Imelda. Imelda. <laughs> uh, trying to get her blessing. And I realized when we apply it to our lives, you think about he was trying to get a blessing, but it came with terms and conditions. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we don't subconsciously some people are trying to get blessings or affirmation or something from others in a certain way that that will allow me to do what I need to do but they don't realize that that has terms and conditions and what I like is like people always want to kind of get away from being concerned about what people think like I just want to do what I got to do I don't want the negative comments to kind of control me or stop me or hinder me or anything like that but not realizing that giving power to people to be able to tell you you're great is also giving them power to tell you you're not Mm -hmm. and I felt like the blessings had conditions in it that we don't realize in our lives are we being careful with what we're seeking after from people what are the terms and conditions within it that could be hindering our personal growth and so i wanted to see what you guys thought about that about receiving or seeking after certain things from people that actually you think it's helping but it's hindering you what do you guys think well i think i think that each of us has gifts placed within us um everyone has something a gift, a talent, whatever you want to call it, there is something unique that has been given specifically to you to be used. Um, And if you're looking for affirmation or confirmation through people, you can totally waste that gift. There's no other way to say that. You can completely waste it if you're waiting for permission from someone else. That is key. You know, and I I actually have in my notes, the gifts you've been given and who you're called to be is not determined by tradition or what others encourage in you. And I think that that's key because it's not like his family was telling him, Miguel's family, it's not as though they were saying like, you can't do anything right. You're a failure. You're this, you're that. No, they were telling him that who he is was defined by his bloodline and Mm -hmm. his bloodline was defined by the pain which caused them to be shoemakers. And here, that's it. You're limited to being within our box, within our comfort, within our tradition, because this is what we do. Mm-hmm. When in all actuality, this kid had a gift. Seriously. Self-taught good. to play guitar from watching movies. That's not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Singing on key is not an easy thing to do for a lot of people. And this little boy sang his heart out. He he learned guitar. He played it with his eyes closed just from sheer passion. Mm-hmm. And had he not taken that opportunity, had he stayed within that, well, I'm just a shoemaker, that part of him would have died out. Yeah. 
And that's a really dangerous thing because when you lose the thing that defines you, you ultimately lose yourself. Yeah. Let's talk about passion because you brought up a good point about passion and that was his passion. Oh, man, this part I love because you could tell he was passionate about, you know, his so-called hero, but just music in itself. And when you first see him playing, you know, he has his eye clo- eyes closed and just playing the guitar. And what I love the most is the guitar, the guitar he had himself. If you look at the details, it was a broken up, beat up guitar that he had. But he was, there was like nails being used for the notes area. Like he was it had nails in it, had different things in it that listen. I got something that's broken up, beaten up. Something you know, it doesn't work quite right. I'm gonna utilize the things around me to fix it up and make it produce a sound that normally a a good guitar would push and what i love is that his passion made that happen he took something that was just terrible that was probably someone else's trash and he took it that's all he had but his passion made him drive himself to push and create a sound out of it and so i i just I just fell in love with the passion that he had mm-hmm. because it just inspired me to, to look around and see, all right, I know what I want. I know what I want to produce. Similar to he wanted to produce just good music. I know I want to produce something. What are the things around me that I have that can make it happen? Because I think like most of us, we could wait until we get the money to get the guitar first mm-hmm. before we just dive in. But he was like, forget it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna use what I have and, and create it and push it to make that sound I'm looking for. But um yeah, I love that guitar. Yeah, and you can tell that was his passion too, because when he was cleaning the guy's shoe and he was telling him, Hey, go get the uh the flyer go you know enter the talent show um and he said what are you going to do you're going to be a shoemaker the rest of your life Mm. and you can see uh miguel's face just totally changed like his world was going to end if he didn't take this opportunity because he didn't want to be stuck doing that so that's a good point i'm going to jump on that that that's a really good point because he was moving where his passion was and then he mentioned well you're going to be a shoemaker all your life if he did shoemaking, he probably would have been good at it. Like, he probably would have done very well. He has a lot of uh, family to help him assist mm-hmm. him and go through it. He has all the traits to be a shoemaker, but that 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 wasn't his passion. And it's crazy. I, I think people need to really be self-aware. One, a mixture between just seeing what you're actually good at, but seeing what you're passionate about and trying to discover that. I think it's so important because you can easily have something in your life that's really a shoemaker, but you it's safe. You know, everybody does it. Everybody's accepting of it. Back to your point, Tigris, the fact that it's not about if they're accepting of it or they give permission. You know, it's about just finding your passion. So he could have easily fell into that had he not known his passion. And so that's the danger of, yes, he's capable. You're capable of doing this, but is this something safe? Is this something that you just predictable, it's comfortable? Or is that actually your passion? So I, I think about that. And I think it's a scary thing to be, to not know what you're passionate about. I think that's really scary. Absolutely. I also think as parents, it's important for us to be intentional with how we're raising our children. Yeah. It, 
everyone has pretty much heard raise up a child in the way he should go. And everybody thinks or seems to think that what that means is they have to follow a grid or a spreadsheet or it needs to be laid out as one, two, three, four, five. Mm. But one, two, three, four, and five doesn't define how this child needs to be raised. Exactly. How I was raised is not how my child needs to be raised because she's different than I was. Exactly. So everything should be tailored to the individual to help encourage those gifts, to help them press into those things. Because I never want to be the reason that her dreams die because they made me uncomfortable. Mm. You know, so as a parent, it's up to you to break that pattern, to break that idea, to break that curse. If you've been taught that there is only one way to do things, you've got to be willing to step outside of that to encourage someone else to be the fullness of who they're supposed to be. And one of the best ways to do that is for you to embrace that for yourself. Yeah. And to add to that, to take your self-esteem out of your child, Mm -hmm. not allowing your self-esteem to be put in your child so that your, your view, your grid is off because now, yeah, head knowledge, we know we should raise them with who they're supposed to be. But at the same time, I want to make sure that they're doing this, this and that, or these boxes are checked off so that other people can see, oh, wow, what a great parent I am. What a great child I have. What a great child I raised. And as Knowing that people know that head knowledge wise is so easy to fall into. And I'm like, you you can't fully embrace what you you were saying about really um, raising your child to what they're supposed to be, how they're supposed to be. You can't really fully do that if you have your self-esteem within them Mm -hmm. and how they perform or how they get their grades or anything like that. So I think that's another thing, too. I'm glad you brought that the parenting up. I think that's so key in this whole movie. One thing that, um, to your point, when they were finally having him be a part of the business, like, you're going to be making shoes. And he jumped out and said, what if I'm no good at making shoes? And it's like they didn't even hear that. So it's like also having a listening ear for your children. But even if you're not a parent, having a a listening ear for yourself, like he was very self-aware because, again, he found his passion. But it's really being self-aware of yourself as well as like for parents, like you said, raising your kid. I think that's so key for their journey. So me and Billy brought up some points. I don't know if you have something that you saw that, wow, you want to talk about that would help with personal growth. Um, there's there's just so much <laughs> in the movie that mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to pinpoint one thing. But let, let's talk about the title for a minute. Hmm. The title is Coco. But it's the story about Miguel. Interesting. And I love that. I love that the title is not the main character. Miguel and his guitar. (laughs) (laughs) It's Miguel, his guitar, Hector, Imelda, um, all of his family that he sees when he enters into the other realm. Mm -hmm. But yet the movie is named after the one key player in all of it. Yeah. Because, you know... When Miguel finds out about Hector, you would think that when he goes back to the land of the living, that would be enough to keep Hector alive because someone on the other side knows him. Mm -hmm. But he knew of him. 
he didn't remember him. Yeah. And the entire point of um, the Day of the Dead is for your family to remember you. So everything hinged on Coco remembering yeah. who her father was in order to keep him alive on the mm-hmm. other side. So for me, that was just, that was so beautiful the way that they did that. They told someone else's story to show the relevance of one person. Hmm. And I think that's easy to miss in this. Um, When it comes to our story, we need to realize, yes, our story is about us, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily for us. Mm -hmm. It's for someone else. We should all be living with a deep desire and intention to help someone else. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree because you're absolutely right, man. Everything fell on the fact that Coco had to remember or think, you know, he he would vanish. And I, I, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, man, am I not realizing the key things that are like key in my life? Because to your point, I love the fact that, yeah, our story is not just for us, it's for others. And I also thought about, man, am I missing out on the key things that are holding everything up? For example, people, uh, we can go after our like goals. We can go after our journey and trying to achieve, but it's easy to forget the key parts is like people. Mm-hmm. It's our family. It's our friends. It's, it's along that journey. And to mess up those relationships or to forget about that or to neglect them. I, it's something I thought about while you were saying that I'm like, man, you know, you could think about Miguel at his age and then Coco being, you know, the great grandmother. It's easy to kind of be like, I just want to do my own thing. But he had a connection. He had a relationship with her and everything. So it just reminds me even on this journey to remember the people around you. It's not just about achieving. Your story is not just for you, like you said, but it, it's also about relationships around you. So I, I think that's key for people to hear, even when having huge ambitions and going after what you want. Billy, you had something? Um, not much, but like those stories are significant. Like whatever we can say about or do uh, and produce will be able to pass down in the same way that, you know, the negative can pass down or the mediocrity can pass down. We can also pass down um, being a dream chaser, going after the things that we want and need. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. One part I want to get on is um, when Miguel was trying to get a guitar so he can be able to get into the contest and he went up to the statue of um, De La Cruz. De La Cruz. And he he went up to it and said, you would have told me to, you know, seize my opportunity, seize the moment, right? And what I liked about that part when I was watching it, I love the fact that he gave himself permission to see what a great would do. Even though we found out later he was, you know, a murderer. He allowed himself to connect with a great person like in their life. And for me, I'm thinking about the heroes I look up to. And I love this. I heard this before is give yourself permission to see what they would do in your situation. 
And what I love about that is that you now take yourself away from this, oh, I'm just a mediocre person. I'm not significant. I'm not all that great. But you allow your mind to think of what would the greatest, you know, do in this? What would the greats do in this? And you allow yourself to take that and move on it. And I think key the key thing is to give yourself permission to do that because we always beat ourselves up. We always say, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough. I would never be as good as. And it's just like, all right, cool. I get that. I get that's lingering in your mind. But just this one moment, give yourself permission to think like the greats. What would they do and act on it? I think that would allow us to take risk or go after things that we normally would not have gone after. But he allowed himself to think like, oh, what would he say to me? What would he do? And I think we need to do more of that in our journey. Um, and on the flip side of that, sometimes um, we look up to, you know, influential people or things like that. But um, at the same time, usually that best influence is right under our nose. Mm. Like throughout the whole movie, he's That's looking good. up to Dela Cruz when, you know, the real influence was right next to him. And um, I think about in my situation, as I was little, always looking up to stuff. But the whole time, my mom was basically mm. the best influence that I had. And I think about it and look back, like, what if I had her work ethic? What if I did, you know, that and chased my dreams? Like, yeah. There's no telling where I would be right now if I would have more so looked up to the way she worked and, and what she did to take care of, you know, us. That's so true. That's so true. I love that because um, it's easy. Like, yeah, like we said, give yourself permission to look at the greats. But I love the fact that you brought in there are people around you like that you have connection with that can be I, I think about what you're saying. I think about, dang, I need some motivation. I need some to change my mindset. And then we think about our mom and I'm like, man, yeah, like you're right. The work ethic or how she had to push herself, raising three boys by herself and all that. I'm like, yeah, like why not have a conversation with her and um, just talk about those specific things? Because we talk about just life. Mm -hmm. but I'm like, all right, I want to pick her brain and, and think about, well, what would you do in this scenario, that scenario? Because honestly, if I was in front of a like a celebrity that I look up to, I would try to pick their brain and get as much as I want to just get that mindset. But I didn't. I never thought about like, wait, I could sit her down and try to grab that mindset that you were talking about. And so, yeah, the the people around you, the resources around us, we tend to kind of overlook most mm -hmm. times. And I agree with that. Yeah, because with you know sometimes with stars we see the end result, but we don't see the process. Mm. And um, that's what we get with people who live around us or who's amongst us. We are able to see how they grow and what they go through. And so that's some stuff, like you said, we need to grab a hold of and not overlook. Man, seriously. Did not, you want to add to that? Not even just missing the process of it, but also like Miguel looked up to De La Cruz mm -hmm. for what he thought he was. But mm -hmm. De La Cruz wore this crazy facade yeah. through his entire career. So he had no idea the truth behind who he was looking up to saying, I want to be just like him. Mm -hmm. But when it is someone that you know, when it is someone you have a relationship with, you know the flaws, you know yeah. the struggles, you know the imperfections. But typically those things make you honor them that much more. Yeah, agree. So it's really, really interesting because, you know, even when it's finally revealed that Hector's really 
his family. Mm-hmm. Hector's like, you know, I'm I'm sorry. It's just me. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I love that part. Two minutes ago, I thought my great-grandfather was a murderer. <laughs> You're a total, total upgrade. upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know what? The people who are in front of us really yeah. are total upgrades because who we see on TV, who we see represented in the media, we don't know them. Exactly. We don't know their truth. We don't know the reality. We don't know their struggles. We don't know. We just don't know. And even those that we have heard about, we've we've just heard about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We still haven't lived with. So we still don't really know. It's the people who we do life with on a regular basis that we should be allowing to influence us, that we should be allowing for us to not ever idolize, but for Mm -hmm. us to aspire to take their healthy qualities on. Um, Because again, those are just things you won't see in media exactly when it comes to media you only see what they want you to see no one ever would have guessed that dela cruz was a murderer mm-hmm. everyone thought that he wrote his own music he he did everything just so perfectly when in all actuality he was much more concerned about his reputation than his character mm-hmm. which is a really dangerous place to live you know and, and to your point really knowing even if you're going to look up to somebody um even though you don't know them in a personal way uh, at least knowing something about character being key mm-hmm. or, or or where that path would end up cuz he was following his hero and he his hero's life ended at some point but i love the fact that he's describing him like i want to be just like him be just like him and then he said but one day in 19 i forgot what year it was he was hit by a bell and he he died and literally what right after he says that he's like oh man i want to be just like him i'm like wait (laughs) he just died off of the bell like he got killed by a bell so what that made me think about is like, yo, am I paying attention to the path of the mindset that I'm trying to look up to? Because he's he's trying to think like him. He's trying to pose like him. He's trying to play like him. But where's that path leading? Not to say everyone, every idol or every person you look up to will lead to a negative path. But mm-hmm. even looking at that, it's like, how do you end up there? How do he die like that? How's this? Where's this mindset going to take me in my journey? I think that's key to making sure we analyze character, like you said, because obviously now when he was going through that journey, he found out the character was flawed. Like he only cared about his reputation. So I think that's that's really key. Okay, so with what we've learned so far, what we talked about so far, what what did you hear while we had this discussion is something that you would actually take away and use for yourself and how would you use that? I'm trying to get more into the application of something that we talked about and seeing, okay, how are we how am I going to use this? for my situation now because I want to model that for other people listening to the podcast. And so um, one thing that I think about while you guys are thinking uh, is just the fact that being very self-aware of your passion and um, or really focusing on your passion and how that will fuel you to do things that are kind of weird, but yet it still produces something. I'm thinking about his guitar and I really want to take that for myself and use that for the journey that I'm on now, which is I, I want to. 
I want to go like a new level in my passion because the Miguel really inspired me to kind of focus on, yo, am I going all in on my passion? Because he had all those photos up. He had every video and, and was practicing alone at that, like by himself, not in front of a crowd, but just developing. And I that spoke to me. So I really want to see what what in my life could be that version of the guitar where he used whatever he had just to push and for me i think i want to check myself now and seeing am i using everything i have for what i need to do so that's that's one thing i took away from the discussion so far i think uh for me the one thing that really stood out um was just making sure that i'm careful with um i guess not in the term of looking for someone's blessing but more so not trying to get the approval or opinion, just making sure that whatever I have to do, I'm going to do regardless and not allowing an outside influence to change that. Mm, um, that I think that point. was the biggest thing for me. Um, yeah. Uh, for me, probably being incredibly intentional about not passing on pain. Mm, that's good. Not That's passing good. on pain, but passing down drive and passion and encouraging gifts That's good. rather than making sure that I'm comfortable with something that I'm encouraging in someone else. Because my comfort isn't what matters. What matters is encouraging people to be the fullness of who they were designed to be. So I never want to be that hindrance. I never want my pain to dictate no music, no music, no music anymore because this one thing hurt me. So no, everyone is done from here on. Um, and actually, even alongside that, I found it really interesting that Abuelita, the grandmother, she loved her mother, Coco, so much. But she was so strict on no music, no music. We don't ever talk about Mama Coco's father. We never talk mm -hmm. about him. But Coco loved her father, which means Abuelita never really had a conversation with her about it. Because of a rule, because of a pain that was passed down. She learned underneath her grandmother who taught her pain and to stay strong in that pain. And because of that, generations were broken. So I just want to be incredibly intentional about never adopting someone else's pain without understanding because truthfully if abuelita had a conversation with her mother who she adored mm -hmm. her perspective on her own grandfather would have been very 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 different yeah. but because she just adopted someone else's pain it left her very limited so i also want to kind of take that back as well and analyze what pain have i taken on on someone else's behalf that I'm now allowing to dictate how I live or how I view things because that's no way to live either. If you enjoyed the great content from this episode, share this with somebody who could use it. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. And thank you for joining us on the Decrypted Films podcast. Catch you on the next one.